But there's, there's also, believe it or not, there's also instructions on how to listen to a Dharma talk. <laughs> there are instructions for everything in the Dharma. And so it's been said that in listening to the Dharma, to to listen to it as as rain, like kind of a refreshing rain falling, letting the words come in, and you may not remember anything of what I would say, or you may remember some words. But just to receive this this way of receiving this word of receiving that I mentioned to some of you today, receiving the teachings and just trust, trust that through your sincere intention, uh, those teachings may become something that may support you if you engage in them, not because Bruni are saying them, but because you live them, you experience them. <clears throat> so the refuges, you know, Gil talked yesterday about the refuge on the of the Buddha, and also these aspects of the refuges that there is a recognition or a knowing that something is coming to you that you're getting to know that there is a capacity in you that, just like the historical Buddha, that. There's this capacity to to get to know what is happening here right now. <clears throat> and that there is a moment that as we <clears throat> experience, you know, some of the teachings and see these liberated, liberative insights that happen at the time of the Dharma, (laughs) spontaneously, whenever you don't expect or something, sometimes you expect. But that there's a way of, you know, being in refuge, going into refuge, even though at that time of the Buddha, he didn't. He didn't have like this going for refuge. He he went determined to see what was the end of suffering. <clears throat> and so this refuge of the Dharma sometimes is called the lawful nature of how things are. It means truth, the translation of the word. (coughs) 
And it can be referred to the different teachings that the Buddha gave us to cultivate our minds and our hearts. And so many times I have heard that the Dharma is not in the books. Like the Dharma is something, is something that we experience. Something that we get to know, like from the inside out. And it's not that it's not, you know, there's a, there's a place. There's a place in the practice for getting to, to know a little bit through, through, you know, about the practice. By, like you're doing now, listening to teachers and reading books. <clears throat> but the intellectual recognition is is not enough the intellectual understanding that the weather changed today is not enough <clears throat> so <clears throat> The practices, the teachings that the Buddha referred to as practices that will lead to the end of suffering were the practices, were the teachings that he was interested in sharing. And so part of that um, is how it is that we let go, we learn, we learn about our suffering, clinging and the end of clinging. And in the teachings, it is said that <clears throat> that person that knows clinging and not clinging knows the Dharma. And so for me, that was a mystery because, like Gil said yesterday, wow, I, I'm just here in this practice to get some relief. I just wanted to get rid of a lot of suffering. <laughs> a lot of suffering. A lot of suffering through identities, a lot of suffering in relationships. And I just, you know, wanted to have like some, some recipe to, so that I could apply it and, you know, be happy. <laughs> and for a long time, I thought, wow, the Dharma, you know, it was like, I was thinking, but gosh, it's a permanent happiness. It's like, you know, it's really like a permanent thing here. <clears throat> and, you know, sometimes that idea, that view comes as delusion. And there is a possibility at the end of the path to know ultimate freedom. 
But what I didn't realize at that time was that I was like learning about the teachings and that I was not aware, conscious, that I had also a role in my suffering. That there's, there is, you know, there were conditions that definitely, like Gil was saying yesterday, being denied or um, fighting for justice or fighting to, fighting, just, just fighting. <clears throat> it's interesting how to say that word now has a very different connotation. Doesn't have that charge. But maybe it's not even that word of fighting. It's just showing up fully. Being justice, being, <clears throat> being peace. Having a sincere intention to cultivate peace. And having a sincere intention to be honest with myself about how to practice and how to how to put the teachings into practice. Again, not that intellectual recognition, but what we've been talking about with mindfulness of breathing and mindfulness of the body. Having a felt experience through the four foundations of mindfulness so that I know within this body what is happening because it is in this body that I receive life through these senses. So that refuge of the four foundations of mindfulness, I never thought that I could be in the same room with my family, with so different perspectives, political views, religious views. And I can drop those views and see how it is that it feels in that moment to be present with whatever is felt. <clears throat> And find, finding a common ground through wholesome qualities of the heart and through these practices. I never believed it was possible. <clears throat> so in taking refuge of the Dharma, there is this, this decision then to see how it is that these teachings are experienced, these practices that the Buddha gave to cultivate, to be free. And some of these teachings um, were, as I said, not only the four foundations of mindfulness, but the four noble truths that we have been engaging in here. We've been engaging in the first noble truth and seeing the seeing that there is suffering and 
some of us seeing what is the cause of suffering. So these teachings, these teachings of the Four Noble Truths that also tell us that there are some universal truths in this life of ours. This truth of impermanence and non-satisfactoriness, unsatisfactoriness. A non-independent self, not self. And it's true that as we go deeper into the practice, these liberative insights, these, they do become very supportive for us. <clears throat> as we cultivate wholesome qualities of the heart, And in practicing in daily life, you know, with the teachings, taking on the precepts, I didn't plan, oh, I didn't plan to, to at some moment see that, that my life was shifting. I had, was shifting into into, okay, like Gil said yesterday, this is how there's a different way of living here. Or I'm engaging in living in a very different way. I'm not, I'm not reacting like I'm used to react to some things. I'm responding more. Instead of reacting, I'm responding. And so what is this? Instead of getting angry at, you know, some insensitivities or microaggressions or injustices or there's a sense of compassion arising for whatever is happening with these, you know, different, different beings. I remember with Maria, when Hurricane Maria happened, some of you may know that I was born in Puerto Rico. Wow, that was a moment of confirmation that I was definitely engaging in the Dharma. I remember being here on retreat, and I just didn't know what was happening didn't know about what was going on with my family. And at some point, I talked to Gil, and he let me know what was going on. And I was not looking at any kind of news. or. And at some point, um, after talking with Gil, I, I then checked, you know, text and emails and news to know if, you know, where, where was my family and what was going on in the island. And I saw some of the news that really I was like surprised at how I was reacting because 
they were really, you know, in another moment, I knew that I was on retreat, but talking right now about it, it's even, you know, that sense of compassion arises. Listening, some unfair things, some hurtful things, you know, some, some things that were thrown that maybe I had not used at that point for paper towel. Um, and I was just, you know, reading the news and looking at this and I'm like, oh, wow. My heart broke open, but it was not only for people in the island. It was also for some of the people that were doing some insensitive things. And I think, wow. This is, I am doing something here. <laughs> this is different. I don't, I don't, I'm not responding out of anger or anything like that. What is this? <clears throat> and in being with family, you know, sometimes with different views, we stay apart for a long time sometimes with our family members. And for me, that was the case for many years as being a lesbian. It was very hard for my siblings to accept that. And uh, my f parents were okay. And so in connecting through suffering, because now we're taking care of my parents, finding this common ground, I heard this teaching of uh, Kamala masters about the paramis and saying the common ground in disagreements may be the paramis. Just looking at the paramis, seeing where's the, if there's any patience, if there's generosity, if there's goodness, if there's loving kindness, if there's any letting go. And just going there and then touching, there was something about touching that suffering of what we were going through and also, like, through the Dharma, seeing this truth is very different to be listening to it. But to experience it from family members sometimes is very different. This sense, this experience, universal experience of aging, sickness, and death is happening so clearly and it was so shocking for me because of being away and visiting my parents <clears throat> maybe twice a year three times a year I could see like the changes and then staying for a long time it's like oh his mind has changed. The body has changed. 
And so seeing these insights that we will um, explore more later in the retreat of impermanence, of seeing how things change, on seeing what is what is the dukkha, what is the suffering there. Was I op- it opened the door? It just opened the door for another opportunity to be with my parents, but with a new way of being, being guided by the Dharma, being guided by the precepts, being guided by letting go when things are not the way I want them to be. (laughs) And believe me, there are many times that they're not the way I want them to be. So experiencing, experiencing this in the body and trusting the breaking of the heart, it, it tells me there's something moving. There's something moving through this body, heart, mind. And there has been some visitors, some emotions, you know, two of my favorites, uh, dear friends now, fear and anxiety. And I think that the way in which I was relating to them, and still it happens, but it just reminded me, my sister was cleaning the outside of in the, my parents' home. And... I don't know, she heard a noise at night and she went to see what was, what was happening. And a cat just came out from the closet and, you know, a stray cat and just jumped. And the cat yelled and she yelled, <laughs> both of them. And so I feel like for, for you know, for me, I feel it, it just rec- it, it, I, was a recognition for me, like I... I know that, you know, they have been some experiences, some thoughts, some emotions, some physical sensations that I have jumped like that cat. (laughs) And that have been very, very hard to meet. So... In the practice, you know, practicing with the four foundations of mindfulness and practicing with the four noble truths that implicitly we've been practicing here with, we get to know what is, what is really, what is really happening, what is flowing through us. And there's an opportunity to see all the different layers, all the different layers that sometimes we put on top of things on top of experiences. And for me, that was the beginning to practice, you know, as I was getting to know the clinging, my clinging to views, big time, <laughs> clinging to views, you know, this is how how they need to take care of them, and this is how justice, you know, acceptance, inclusivity, needs to be 
I started exploring, you know, all the suffering that came out of, of this and to really, you know, seeing when was it that I could let go and not let go? When, when was it that I was clinging or not clinging? And it was kind of an extreme. You know, it had to be this way or this other way. But the middle point... No. It was, no, justice is justice, you know. But through the teachings, you know, there have been other ways to engage, to, and, you know, because it is, it does create more suffering for us. And so as we learned, you know, this felt sense of experience and we meet, we meet what is causing the stress, what is causing the suffering, trusting that sometimes with support and in a wise way, the heartbreak may be an opening for healing or maybe an opening for seeing more. Seeing what is wise view and wise view within the Four Noble Truths is to see these three characteristics too. And to see that there is suffering and that there is a contribution, that there is a contribution that we add to it on how we relate to it. That second arrow that Gil mentioned. And that there is a cause of suffering. And wow, it's been mind-blowing for me to see sometimes that the cause of suffering is not that people do not behave in the way I want them to behave. Is how I'm relating to it. It's not like, it's not like my dad is gonna stop doing some of the things he does. I'm not. I, you know, there are some things I I know I may drive them crazy too sometimes. But how it is that you know this clinging and is so, uh, it's really tempting. It's really tempting to to have a preference of all these different views. But with these teachings of, you know, what about shifting to these paramis? I really was curious about that. It's almost like there was a view, and it was the view of the Four Noble Truths. And the views, and, and the view that, you know, through cultivating wholesome qualities of the heart, through investigation that I could see more the humanity. The humanity of people around me, 
their hearts, their struggles. And that is okay. It's okay to for them to be who they are. Let them be who they are. Let me be who I am. And with that, remembering that, I don't know, there's not such a solid pruning here. So with wise view, within the Four Noble Truths, as we, ex you know, explore the, there is suffering. What is this clinging? And attending to the quality of the mind, if there's wanting here, if there's aversion here, knowing, knowing what is here. We can get to know the clinging and respect it. You know, big news for me to learn through the practice that I would only respect what had qualities that I will admire. That person deserves my respect, a lot of intelligence, a lot of wisdom. Well, there's a lot of wisdom within our emotions. They tell us something. There's a wisdom here in this body. And there's a way to discern within our minds, our thoughts, what are thoughts that move us toward freedom. Just as we attend to it, knowing that, you know, thoughts, they're not like solid, they come and go too. But what do we attend to? What, what it is that we attend us that cultivate qualities of the heart and qualities of character, I will say too, that support our liberation and support the liberation of other people from us. So letting to know, getting to know this clinging and also, when is present, where is, when is absent? When is not there? And many times for me, there have been moments in which, wow, that perspective, that view, that struggle is not there. It vanished. It's gone. At some point, you know, the, the struggle I'm fighting for being accepted as a lesbian in my family. After years of, you know, oh, this is a, an aspiration. This is, I really want this. And I'm going to dedicate, you know, my entire life to this. And at some point through the practice, it vanished. 
that clinging of wanting to be accepted in some ways. Not that all the queerness went away. It became stronger. Bruni is fully here, arising and passing, arising and passing. And there's more peace. There's more freedom. And yes, it happens. There are bumps. But there's also wholesome qualities that support that freedom to, you know, for, for it to come back. The clinging is less stronger or there's gratitude or this is how things are and anger comes and goes and flow through me or frustration comes and goes and flow through me. So the Buddha said <clears throat> that all that he teaches is suffering and the end of suffering. And for me, that has been the Dharma, just to say, okay, so what is, what is this suffering at the end and the end of suffering? One that I know the cause, okay, I'm caught, I'm uncaught. But then there's also seeing that even when I don't see the, the cessation in that moment that it happens, to see that it has ended, that it has vanished at some point. It's just a verification, a confirmation for me that taking refuge in the Dharma, because I have experienced it, I have lived it, is not only here, but it's something like suddenly, it's like in, in your cells, like, oh my goodness, this is, you know, there's peace here. There's peace. Then, then I can say, oh, okay, that's the Dharma. And, you know, that understanding of the Dharma may be different at different moments in, in life. It may be different for you. But what is experience, that felt experience, is what the Buddha talked about being the Dharma. And so, because it's not easy, I feel so grateful. There is that Eightfold Path that I started talking about, these practices that help us, that support us, relationally and individually. Exploring our beliefs, our views, seeing what are the intentions that we have. Why is intention? Or is intention motivated by greed, aversion, and delusion? And it's okay to see that. Why speech? And we took over the practices, you know, through the precepts. Letting go, this letting go. And for a long time, I feel so grateful to Gail for this teaching. Now it's a transmission from there to here. <laughs> that that letting go was not just this. Letting go of like, okay, I'm just going to throw this out because I don't like it. 
even without understanding it. But just to let go of that clinging, let go of the clinging, opening the hand so I can see what is here. What is here? Wise action. Wise action through body, speech, and mind. Wise livelihood, how it is that we live our lives. Guided by the precepts or guided guided by the intention of non-harming. And wise effort. We're learning about this. What is to strive for getting enlightened or what it is to have wise effort, a balance. Preventing what it is, how it is that we prevent from unwholesome states to arise or abandon them when, when it's wise to abandon them. And for that, which is, you know, another aspect for me in the Dharma, that part of abandoning has been expressed like in ways of like clear moments like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this suffering. And there's a an expression or Nibida within the practice, this enchantment. Like suddenly there's a moment, it's not, I, I don't want to do this, but it's not like a hopeless, like, I don't want to do this. I, you know, I, I lost hope. I don't want to do this. It's just like, I'm done. I'm done. And then allowing space to even go deeper in the trust of the Dharma and see what it is here that this is opening for what what space is opening here for other things to happen not at my time not at my time and so this cultivation of the mind through wise effort wise concentration wise mindfulness And so through retreat practice, through learning to be present for everything that shows up in this cushion, some things arise and pass, we don't notice, it's fine, other things we do. But to be here, to recognize how it is that that there's stress that arises in you or some struggle and how it is that ease arises in you and how it is that we learn to respect all visitors all visitors that come to our lives, through our senses, all visitors, and invite them, come in, 
Very diplomatic for some of them. Very friendly with some of them, especially those mind states that we like or emotions that we like. And so at some point, these practices stop being practices. They become part, they get so integrated into the system that there's no difference between the practice and your life. Your life becomes the practice. You are the Dharma. You are the Buddha. So taking refuge in the Dharma, taking refuge in the teachings, trusting that through that felt sense that there is other way to be free, to be more at ease, to be in harmony in body, spirit, mind. That there is a way to be fully all that you are, bringing all that you are in this world. And at the same time, knowing that all that you are changes too. <laughs> Let's sit for a few minutes. <laughs> 